Hello and welcome to the first proper PC Gamer UK podcast. Uh, I'm Ross Atherton, your editor. Hello. And I'm joined today by uh, Tim Edwards, deputy editor. Hello, Tim. Hello. And I'm joined by uh, extraordinary freelancer Kieran Gillen. Hello, Kieran. Hello. And I'm joined by freelancer extraordinaire John Walker. Hello, John. Hi. <laughs> so we're all here and uh, we're going to be talking about, I don't know, we thought, thought we'd talk about PC games today, guys. What do you think? Sounds mm-hmm. good. Yeah. All right. Can I okay. just point out that Tim waved at the <laughs> Yeah, we were still, we're, guys, we're still really kind of getting to grips with uh, the whole podcast, uh, you know, how it works. So we're still waving at the microphones and yeah, we're not doing too well, but we're getting there. And Kieran's making love to the microphone now. In a, Is in he a, playing a bassoon with the microphone, actually? Something like that. So what are we going to talk about first, Tim? Uh, I thought we'd go through the top five charts. The top five charts PC of, games. of PC game sales within the United Kingdom. Weekending, 14th of April. And best of all, I'm looking at the list now, and there is only one Sims title in it. Yes. Well, we're going to come to that later. Yes. What's the top, Tim? Uh, number five, World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade. So that's at the bottom. That, yeah, that's yeah, that. Yeah, so we're going from the bottom to the top. <laughs> yeah, the bottom from the top. Okay. What's at the bottom, Tim? <laughs> World of Warcraft, The Burning Crusade. Excellent. Uh, that's good, isn't it? It's I, I hear it's quite good. I'm still playing it. Kieran, I don't think has though. I'm about to start playing it today. Really? I've decided to actually. I mean, out of all the gamer guys, I'm the one who likes World of Warcraft least. Would be fair to say. That's I mean, true. I like it a lot, but I like it least. Um, and I've decided to actually give it one last try. I'm going to play Burning Crusade and we started the Drenai. I've heard the Drenai is the best. I'm going to give it a shot. Cool. I'm going to be disappointed, or is it going to work? I think that actually, when they released the Burning Crusade, they shouldn't have give, actually given an option to pay an extra twenty dollars or twenty pounds and give you a pre-created level sixty character because the Burning Crusade stuff is really good. Um, that's the kind of Hellpurp Peninsula and the Outland stuff, but the level one sixty stuff is still a bit dull. I, I, I can't help but disagree. I, well, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. I think I mean the, the opening area, the, the new area that they've for, for two new races. The Blood Elf new area, that's okay. The Drainy new area is really, really nice. I think you'll really enjoy that. And I think, you know, I can see where you're coming from. Once you get out of that and into the, the, the basic part of World of Warcraft, which everyone's been playing for two years, it might seem a little bit old to us, but if you haven't actually played it, there's still a hell of a lot in there that's, that's great fun. I think but but I, I do agree, the end stuff, the, the from 60 to level 70, the, the, all the, the, the new high-level areas, they are awesome. I think that's true about the... That if you've not played it before, it's great. But I played a Blood Elf to about 15 and got thoroughly bored because it was just, just really boring. But See <laughs> <laughs> how sophisticated, how clever yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's good. Eloquent. Um, but I played a... a dra- is it Draenei or Draenei or Draenei? Um, you know, Draenei Kananu Kanunu. Do you say that I do know, but I don't. I think it's, I think it's Draenei. Let's I say Draenei. I, I played Draenei. one of those uh, right up until the end of their specific storyline and then you spill out back into what I believe is known as Elfland. <laughs> and... <laughs> It was the same game I've already played before, and there was right. no reason to do it again, so I just stopped. Fair enough. Tim, what percentage of players who play World of Warcraft have a level 60 character? I don't know. I think it's much less than... You can do... The only way to check if you're not Blizzard, obviously, is to do a, <laughs> a kind of... Just to do a survey, you can type slash who at the console to see who's online all the time, and you'll find that most players are online are between level 60 and 70 at the moment. Um, there's a lot of level 70s about. But I reckon that's actually... They just play it a lot, but most World of Warcraft players are actually still 
between somewhere between one to sixty and gradually working their way to seventy. There now. are a lot of casual World of Warcraft players who play a couple of times a week, and uh, but you don't tend to see them. They're not vocal. They're not in the chat channels all mm. the time. They're not the guild leaders. So it's a it's a big writing. You will find people who who are just pottering pottering through the lower levels. So. Yeah, you're not going to be on your own by any means. Should we? Uh, should we move up the chart? Sure. Carrying uh, up the chart as no. Let's not go to the beautiful <laughs> south. Sorry. There's nothing wrong with the beautiful south. No, nope, that's true. There's nothing right about the beautiful south. Anyway, uh, number four is Stalker, which uh, I think that's quite good. Yeah. I, John, I still haven't. I still haven't properly played it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> One word review from exclusive. From yeah, go. <laughs> I've, I've got a copy sat on top of my PC. Yeah. Which isn't quite in. No, that's Easy, close. I did have a go at it when I got my new machine to test my new machine out, but unfortunately it wasn't very friendly with Vista, and so it didn't go very well. But Ooh. it seemed fun. Windows Vista. That yet, or is it still? I know Vista's the teething problems are interesting, but that, that, that's all solved. I've played it on Vista, and it's. Right. Okay. Um, I played the first ten minutes of it, and I had to stop because the noises of the dogs were terrifying my girlfriend. <laughs> so I've got to wait until she's actually gone away for a bit to play it on my own. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Um, I'm, I'm actually well my original theory was let's wait until the inevitable patches are released but now I'm starting to see these, there's mods coming out for it which um, tweak the AI and tweak the realism level so that you know people don't shoot at you from a mile away in the dark which, <laughs> which I really like the sound of but it makes me think Jesus what else is wrong with this thing so I'm just going to wait a little bit longer I think because you played Oblivion no not Oblivion Morrowind with all the mods for the first time two years after the game yeah. came out so that actually work out or was it a bit of a it was interesting I mean I didn't play as much as I wanted to because I think I got distracted by something uh, a bee. <laughs> something outside the window it was, it, was, it was a sun or a shiny bird uh, and it was interesting because okay it was mostly interesting to see how uh, some of the actual mod packs kind of influenced other mod packs I mean you know there's the basic quest early in the game where there's a character's uh, standing in his pants uh, and he's had his armour stolen because he actually tried to rape a girl um which is eventually revealed, which is the sort of twist in the story. However, the fact I'd applied all the proper mod skins to them, so everyone was actually naked. Uh, oh, God. So, well, sorry, he was naked because he had no clothes on. Not everyone was naked. That, that would be a very different sort of game. It's a different sort of mod. Yeah. But, uh, so I spent like 15 minutes with a, guy, a naked guy following me around the countryside. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, dude, don't watch. <laughs> what has this got to do with Stalker? Uh, you're going to play it all with all your mods. I'm not playing it with, with nude patches. You'll play it with nude dogs. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, number three, Football Manager 2007. <laughs> John Walker doesn't like football. In shock. Which is, which is fair enough. Um, okay, well, everyone knows about Football Manager, but has everyone heard about Football Manager Live? Now, I'm not a huge football game fan, but I think this is going to be absolutely massive. This is going to be... I'll tell you why. Football Manager is very hardcore. There's lots to do. It's very deep. If you like your football, you'll love this. There's just so much depth to it. Football Manager Live, you're actually playing multiplayer against other people. There's not too much depth. It's quick. You're playing matches against, against other people. Um, it's, it really is a game for, for non-gamers. It's a game for football fans. And I think they're, they've been really, really clever with this. This is going to be massive. But with uh, Google's uh, spreadsheet, you can share that with your friends online as well. John just made a funny joke about spreadsheets, I think. Did fine. Yeah. 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 It's clever, it was satire. Yeah. Yeah. What's number two, Tim? Number two is The Sims 2 Seasons. Great. Adding mm. autumn to The Sims. Autumn. What's your favourite season? In spring. Tim? Kieran, I want you to tell us your strapline. Well, now it's the season of our Sims contentment. No, Sims 
content, content. Pa- pattern. Except, Except that that's content? not it. Is it? Oh, I wish I, yeah, I, wish I did that. <laughs> that would have been funnier. Oh, no. Sims content. content. Yeah, pack. Yeah. I meant to do that one. That would have been good. But it would have been long enough. Um, what's what's everyone's favourite season? Why the Sims spring? season. Yeah. I'd go with winter. Corporate whore. Winter? winter? Why? Because you can always get warmer. You can't get colder in the middle of summer when it's too hot. And so you can like cuddle so up second, in the winter. The second part of winter. Oh, no, I see what you mean. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're weird. I don't like autumn because Jim's always depressed in autumn. <laughs> <laughs> it's constantly whining about season affective disorder and stuff. Aww. So it's like, um, I like autumn because of the pretty colours, and it's my birthday. Yeah. Oh. I don't like that for the same reason. Not because it's your birthday, because <laughs> my birthday is something. No. I like rubbish. spring because it's quite warm. <laughs> And, <laughs> but it's not too hot. This is going to so be edited out. Yeah. <laughs> Who can say no, goodbye this to this? This is quality <laughs> material. It's, it's an okay add-on pack. It's not as good as the other ones. I think The Sims 2 is kind of running out of add-on packs, basically. God, okay. let's hope so. Yeah. They'll do a Sims 3 shortly. Yeah, surely. surely. What, what's, yeah. That That's would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe a Sims Online too. Yeah. And okay. number one. What's number one, Tim? Da 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 da. Fun Conquer Three Tiberium Wars. Hooray! Hooray! Or is it? That seems quite good. A game that should be played, being number one in the charts, rather yeah. than say The Sims. What's wrong well, with The yeah, Sims? Well, yeah, it's preferable. Do, I, do you Wait. mean a Sims add-on pack or one of? There's well, been as many Com- Command and Conquer add-on packs in over the years. The two. Well, well <laughs> not for a long time. Over the entire period, and The Sims the only game in its genre, pretty much, whilst that's just another boring old RTS. You're well, great. you're forgetting about singles. Yeah, the, I said the only game in its genre. <laughs> <laughs> singles is just an excuse for uh, testicles. I remember that. I don't need excuses high for testicles. <laughs> <laughs> high resolution testicles. I'd rather see Stalker at number one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't it num- was, was Stalker, did Stalker get number one? No, number four. No, in the time previous to that. I think oh. it did actually, yeah. It, yeah. it was number one for a bit. Yeah. Um, we'll check that and tell you in the next podcast. Command and Conquer 3 or uh, Supreme Commander Kieran? Ooh, this is a trap, isn't it? This is a trap. Uh, Tim, what do you think? Uh, I, I think Supreme Commander is the better game if you are, if you are me. <laughs> Hardcore. And you absolutely adore RTSs and <coughs> want to be really play a game that's really demanding, that's really difficult that tests you. Run and Conquer 3 is a game if you just want to drag drop stuff and watch shit explode. Also, Alec was reviewed it for somewhere else. I know we're not going to name it somewhere else, but he used, the, he used a fantastic line, which was, you command, you command by drawing a big box around them and conquer by right-clicking somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sums it up, really, doesn't it? And it does, and that, that's yeah. Command yeah. Conquer. I really liked it. It's, it's one of the games that sort of surprised me in that um, I secretly had never actually properly played a Command and Conquer before. Because it kind of they all kind of came out before I had a PC. Total Annihilation that was my game, mm. um, and then since Total Annihilation came out, CNC has been kind of a bit, set, you know, it's kind of like the RTS for people who are kind of are a bit boring, really. It was my opinion. CNC send your hate mail to Anyway, I'm Jim Rossignol. But this is really good fun. It's very funny. It's the, the acting's terrible. You've got a very beautiful girl turning what to do. It's or, got Doctor Cameron stuff, in it. Stuff explodes. I, I I would complete a mission just for the FMV. It is a bit. It's like well done, thank you. Yeah. Can I stroke so, your hair? Those are the charts. That was the charts. Um, Why didn't you ask me what I thought of Supreme uh, Commander? Because we, we the, don't think you because you keep telling us how much you hate strategy games. 
I was, that's what I wanted to say. That's pretty good top five, isn't you it? You can say it. Now, it's all right, actually. It's, it's, it's really cool to see stuff that we really care about in there and doing well. Can we just have War a quick, Fortress. Can we just have a quick look? <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a quick look at the, 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 the budget thing. I don't want to go through them all, but I want, Tim, I want you to tell me what are the top five games, All who, who are they all published by? Ooh, good point. Uh, okay, so we have Heroes of Mice and Magic, Ghost Recon, Prince Persia, Brothers in Arms, Three Man Two, all published by Ubisoft. They must be making a fortune. Yeah. Well, at five pound a time. <laughs> so, but not Ubisoft. that. <laughs> like your mum. <laughs> <laughs> she might listen to this. You bastard! I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. Like, yes. I invited him on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, says, okay. Mum, really? Mum, send your hate mail to Kieran.Gillen <laughs> at... Oh, man. Sorry. I'm going to edit you. That out. was funny. That was really funny, yeah. actually. You, you can keep that. Okay, oh, so I thought we'd go Jesus. through what we've all been playing in our spare, free, happy times. Who has spare time these days? Freelancers. Oh, right. These two. Okay. What have you been playing, John? Um, I've been playing Jade Empire, actually. Mm. On Steam. Mm. Uh, yes. Why? Because mm. it was free. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Um, no, okay, <laughs> hang on. Come on. <laughs> because, no, well, the, the real reason is because uh, I've I, I missed out on Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. I don't know why. I think I was still not quite ready for the RPG back then. That was still my dad's game. Um, and <laughs> but then, you liked KOTOR. You, and KOTOR was my introduction to this. Knights of the Old Republic and, for the uh, acronym phobes. Indeed. I fell deeply in love immediately and realised... Um, I'll tell you, I'm going to go very quick aside. Um, I'm always ranting on about adventure games. I think RPG is the official adventure game of, of, the, of the current mm. era. And mm. I think I played Kotor and I thought, this is everything I always played adventure games for. Mm-hmm. But, but also with some stats, stats. Some stats I can just about... <laughs> How dare you? Some stats I can just about cope with in my tiny little brain. And so I fell in love with that. And then I've just kind of been playing their games and Obsidian's games ever since, but missed this one out. So I went back to have a look at it. Okay. And mm. how is it? It's, it's interesting because it really does feel like um, a bit of a sausage factory game for Bioware. Mm. Um, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It's almost like it doesn't matter where they put the set of the game. They're still going to make the exact same game. Um, so it might as well be Kotor. If um, if you because there's two Bioware-ish RPGs out on PC at the moment, there's Jade Empire and Neverwinter Nights Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to play a Bioware RPG? Which one do you go for? I would definitely go for Neverwinter Nights Two. I know that um, people are, that people are having some problems with uh, systems running on it, um, but I think it's pretty much patched to to work now, and it's just there's something special about it. There's something Obsidian screwed up with um, Kotor Two, and they didn't with Neverwinter Nights Two. There's something kind of special. The writing is that little bit. Jade Empire seems a little feels just a bit um, perfunctory. Like we've got to, oh we better have a situation where someone's having marital problems because we're the games that, that think that yeah. way. Whereas uh, Neverwinter Nights two, I really felt like it. They they cared about the characters they created. I was laughing out loud at cutscenes. I mean, really, really good game. Kieran, what have you been up to? I, I, what have you been playing? No, let's not even go there. Ooh, we got asked to that one. No, no, escape. He was probably just going to say my mum again. <laughs> Please, I would never use the same joke twice. <laughs> yes, you would. Except my dad. Uh, what I'm sort of pl- playing today is that um, uh, an online FPS game called War Something. <laughs> we, we, um, we, we told him earlier what it was because he couldn't remember and now we're, we're just going to be really cruel and not tell him again. Even I remember. I've got to try and it. guess it. It's Warlock, War Shooting, War War. 
it, it's shaped war, like, war. shaped like a stone. War rock. That that's, why, that's why I can't remember. It's an awful name, isn't it? <laughs> it's an awful name. I hear that's immensely popular in Korea. Didn't we see some stats the other day that said... It's some million people play Some it. million people play War Rock. And then we reviewed it a little while ago and gave it about 12%. Gave it a kicking. Really? No, it wasn't 12%. 12%. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. We, we gave it a bit of a kicking. Well, Craig did. I've only been playing it for like three, two or three hours, so I'm like still quite early into it. Um, <clears throat> actually, this is something I'm quite interested in talking about because it's got me thinking about online communities in terms of what's politeness, the rules thereof. Because I've entered this game as somebody who's played quite a lot of Battlefield, uh, so I know how to shoot people. I've been, I'm doing quite well in terms of the scoreboard. Uh, I appear to be the only person who understands the concept of capturing areas. You know, st- stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm still clearly the noob. In that occasion, I do something a bit weird yeah. and you get all fucking noob or whatever. Sorry. <laughs> well, they do do that. <laughs> but, so uh, spell it without a C. And specifically, I got, uh, I got put on a kick vote on the last game I played. Ooh. And it was a bit. What, you got did, a what on a who vote? I got a kick vote. What's that? As in, mean? do you want to kick me? Oh. So, yeah, so oh. someone wants to kick Kieran out in service. The reason why they wanted to kick me off the service, as far as I'm working, I was planting the bomb too much. As in, the, 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 there's three levels of game. The bottom level is basically a very cheap CS clone. But it's kind of the one twist it's got. And it's not really the twist, but all the terrorists have a bomb. So any terrorist can plant a bomb anytime they want. So it's just and like the, in the real world, then. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. And the area's quite small. So the terrorists can pretty much do a quite early bomb plant that puts a 40-second time on the game. So so you were ending the game too early. It wasn't like I was ending the game too early. It was like if I was... Because I kind of realised planting the bomb, there was, there was something weird about doing it, it just felt wrong. But when it was down to like me versus three people or something like that, I'd plant the bomb. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, I'm fighting through them. There's no way I'm going to try and hunt them all down. Because uh, that's the rules of the game. But I got very... You know, I didn't get kicked. Um... But I didn't plant You're one. upsetting someone somewhere. Yeah, so someone, someone's annoyed, probably just because I shot him, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh, that's, that's how unfriendly on, online communities are, essentially. People, you know, kind of forget that. Yes, I mean, yeah, why, can, why would anyone want to play that game and play with those people? I think you kind of forget when you've been playing a game for uh, even just a few hours how much you pick up as you, mm. as you just play a game and how much you learn about how the game works. And you can be really frustrated by someone who doesn't appear to know what's going on or makes kind of mistakes and we you certainly find that if you have a group in, in World of Warcraft mm, um, but you true. you forget just kind of how little you know when you kind of encounter a game so if you are playing a game and someone looks like they need help please help them especially me them. especially if he's, he's Kieran Warrock incidentally is the only first person shooter I know with a with a hilarious role command a role yeah, command yeah. Well, which one's alright which um, you what, kind of basically you, you see you lots dive of dive to the people. floor and roll you see lots of people running around, and suddenly they'll all kind of just do a kind of roly-poly <laughs> along and carry on running. And it's incredibly surreal. Better than, yeah. better than dolphin jumping. Yeah, yeah you can only do three in a row, though, then you can't do it again. Okay. Oh, that's good. I was going to say, because otherwise I have a bit of... It'd be like Zelda. <laughs> exactly. I have a weird OCD thing for, uh, for when you can somersault in games, to the point where I have to somersault everywhere I go, if I'm on wood. Ah, it's very specific. Like when you go across bridges, you make that fantastic... Well, it makes that great noise, it goes... And we're all, I just, I we're all staring at John now, <laughs> like okay. he's got Great. two heads. Same console fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I know I'm not alone. There was a thread on some forum or other. Ah, and if it's is... on the forum, it must be true and exactly. correct. Well, it was no, it's lots of other people saying, oh, me too, I have to forward roll. No, it's one person with lots of personalities. Um, <laughs> Russell, what are you playing? What, well, um, I'd, I'd taken a break from, um, in fact, I'll be more specific, I was too hungover on Sunday to play World of Warcraft. 
So instead, I thought I'd play Medieval 2, which allows me to play at my own pace, because you can pause it. Um, and it was great. I started a new campaign as the Russians, um, and uh, kind of doing a reverse Hitler, basically, invading Eastern Europe. What was your first fun. step? That's very good. Thank you. That's good. <coughs> it was a Russian one. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, you see now. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was great fun, and um, it, there's a lot of it going around at the moment. You, uh, Tim, you were playing medieval too, weren't you? Yes, Spaniards. I've, I've um, played a campaign of the Spaniards, but I'm working my way through the historical battles, which I think are actually one of the best bits of medieval. See, don't say that because I know Ian Roxburgh works on those, uh, formerly of PC Gamer, and we're only going to give him a big head if he listens to this. You should have the big head actually, because they're they're all universally brilliant. Oh, stop what's this. so good about them? Um, medieval. Two, certainly, I think all the Total Wars have a problem in that they don't, the situations they create aren't interesting enough. I think there's kind of like a standard siege, siege kind of setting and there's a standard kind of hillside battle. But the historical battles always have a little twist to them. So there's one as the Aztec, where you're fighting as Spaniards fighting the Aztecs, and there's just thousands of Aztecs kind of fighting your small little musketeer force. And the kind of twist is that there's five different armies, and if you kill all the generals of the f of the five, you'll get them to scatter. Um, I'd love to see that that kind of situation being produced more by the AI in medieval. But until then, I, I'm kind of quite happy just to play these kind of quite scripted. How much history do you know, by the way? I know some of the history. Forty, fifty percent. Ask your girlfriend about the history. <laughs> I don't know much about history. But the thing is, I don't know much trigonometry. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, I was wondering, what do you know about the French you took? <laughs> uh, I can't remember much of it actually. Yeah, okay. yeah. What do you know? Well, I do know, Kieran, that I love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, am I the only person? I hate people to say that, but I'm concerned anyway. Am I the only person who, whenever I hear the name Ian Roxburgh, pictures him topless? No, no, that's no, <laughs> Yeah, that's, he's basically spends most of his time topless. Okay. Yeah. Growling. Can I, can I quickly sneak in? I forgot to mention, I want to go on about those Trilby games if we've got time. Nope. Oh, it's a shame. Karen. Quick point was the, um, that, what throws me about historical battles is that they're never that accurate. Okay. As in like, I mean, well, I've only played the demo of Medieval 2 and the Agincourt, and it's like, that didn't happen in Agincourt. They no. didn't attack from that direction. Only about one-tenth of the number yeah. of people as well. But yeah, they're giving it a go. I would love to see a total war in proper scale. Not necessarily with, with you know, more polygons on each soldier. I mean, less polygons. So you can have, you can literally have mm. 50,000 aside. Um, that'd mm. be fantastic. I mean, a bit more like the, the old-fashioned war games where they had the scale right, but obviously no graphics. But uh, Creative Assembly could do that. They could make it look good. Could have as, as much detail as, say, in, in Rome. But um, Which is interesting that because how big a scale? That's not necessarily the direction they're going in for their expansion pack. That's true. That's they're, they're going smaller in scale, aren't they? Well, certainly the the scale of it's in in, in more detail the expansion pack. That what they want to do is take um, smaller conflicts. So you might have a scenario just in the UK, or you might have a scenario that's just in the US or I'm just taking over Eastern Europe. This is the Kingdom's expansion yes, pack, the by the Kingdom's way, which was on our cover recently. Yes. The Growling Man, who growling looks like man. he's just Grr. been shot in the foot no, with an arrow. No, he doesn't look like he's just been shot in the foot with an arrow. That's why he's sticking his tongue out. He's, he's angry. He is, because someone's just shot him in the foot with an arrow. We're all oh. angry about the <laughs> Okay, right. They're very happy. Let's move on. <laughs> what's going on next? What's, what, what, are we, what are we playing what? again? Yes, I'm hopelessly addicted oh, yeah. to World of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, to the extent that I was sitting in a bar last night, uh, just dreaming to myself about my primal moon cloth. 
And I need to sort out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to sort out my transmutes. <laughs> All Tim ever talks about in the office these days is tailoring. I'm obsessed. He needs two thousand nether weave. Yeah. Another embarrassing confession. I'd never I'd never done any crafting in an MMO. <gasps> I was until Lord of the Rings Online. Uh, I was playing. Oh, I've yeah. been playing it for you guys. Yeah. But I thought, obviously, I've got to re- since I'm reviewing it, I've got to properly do some crafting. So right, just make just clicking stuff and it what, makes. It. What did you make? What's the most exciting thing you made? Uh, shoes. Shoes. <laughs> I made some well shoes. I was a leather maker and I did a lot of mining. And uh, Kieran just did the mining action, by the way, and now he's doing the woodcutting action. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm not going to describe what that's that not a trade skill <laughs> at least not in the game <laughs> the oldest of trade skills <laughs> you're missing the hand gestures um, uh, let's move on <laughs> Alec was uh, a carpenter in Vanguard for a bit he was also a fox in Vanguard for a bit um, but the, he, he wants to, to be a carpenter because he could make, boat, make a boat and he spent Many, many hours working on his crafting skills until he could make roof trellises and he stopped and re- <laughs> realised... Roof trellises? Yeah. I thought he made a stool. He, he made a stool as well. But like, only had three legs or something. Yeah. Well, but you see, this is why I'm like the same as Kieran. I've never, ever done any crafting in any MMO ever and never, ever will. Because the reason I play games isn't to do menial tasks. That's well, why I, I'm okay. lazy freelance. Let's, let's put it a different way. I mean, in, you know, the, the crafting I do in my World of Warcraft character is making potions and potions make me hit harder and, and live longer and they actually help me play the game. I don't pursue the crafting as a means in its in itself. It's actually useful to me. So I think I think any game should have the choice where you can make trellises and stools and shoes, but also make something that is useful to you and you can sell to other players. I think otherwise you are limiting uh, the appeal of it to, uh, to to your playing population. See, I'm completely the opposite in that the only reason I'm doing crafting at the moment is because the item that I really want, I can't, I can only get that if I make it for myself. And it's such a good item that it's just completely obsessed me. Um, I can't sell it. Well, no, that, that, is, that is the same. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. You know, you're actually getting some, some gain so you make your character okay. will, be, will be more powerful by pursuing this. But I'd get this if you were actually making it, but... You're not. You're just clicking on the make icon and then watching for a bit. There's no there's no skill to it. You're not developing your own skills it's, as yeah, you play it's pure the game. Grind is a thing. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, all the crafting stuff is yeah. essentially just you know. Well, sometimes you have to go game. to a certain place to find a certain thing and and be lucky or haggle for a price for something. But yeah, I take your point. At the end of the day, it's just a game. We're just clicking on a screen. It's a mini game. Let's all give up and go and but, be architects. Yeah. <laughs> but it's at least with well, so a <laughs> maybe maybe um, WoW isn't the best example. But at least with a game, when you go back and play level one, you find it a lot easier than you did when you first played it because you've got better at the game. I don't believe that could possibly be the case for crafting. World of Warcraft is really a very very simple game, yeah. particularly in its, in its crafting. And with Vanguard, they tried to make it. They tried to give people many more options and have much more depth and, and real physical objects, but. They forgot to make a decent game around the crafting. So. We're all missing the kind of fundamental point that crafting is an economic game, not just it's not just mm. about getting the stuff. And most of the the fun comes from negotiating prices and getting certain items, okay. and you know, occasionally farming primal moats. And <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I don't know. Shall I be quiet now? Yeah. <laughs> I said I was going to play World of Warcraft. <laughs> Put off for life. But my um, addiction to World of Warcraft is interesting because 
This, um, is this a link? This is a segue. Wow. This is like a proper radio link and stuff. Isn't it, it is, um, because we are about to, or John has finished writing a feature on addiction. Oh, yes. And it's... Um, it's it's it, quite good. Side effects, I guess. The it's, boss likes it. Yeah, it's, it's quite a good feature. I thought you were saying addiction was quite good. <laughs> oh, addiction is great. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Uh, and relax. So you have been talking to um, a chap who runs a clinic in Holland? Yeah, a guy called Keith Backer. Okay. Tell um, us about Keith Backer. I shall. He's, um, <laughs> he's an interesting man. He, uh, he's an addict himself. Um, when he spoke to me, he told me about his alcoholism. According to the Daily Mail, he was a heroin addict, so he can sue the Daily Mail and not us if that's not true. Okay. Um, he's... Tim looks <laughs> gobsmacked. Quick, get a lawyer! Uh, the... He, so as an addict himself, he found that he, in Holland, he was an American living in Holland, he couldn't get any 12-step addiction treatment in the whole country. So he had to come to the UK to get that. So he vowed that he would remedy this and set up a 12-step-based clinic in Holland. Um, and then as time went along, they noticed that with the kids who were coming in for substance addiction, um, as they were getting rid of all the bad habits in their life and all the things that they were part of their addictive pattern, the one thing they weren't, the one thing they were going back to, the one thing that they were relapsing into was gaming. And they began to recognise gaming as something that might be a problem because they could see that their addicts were developing addictive behaviour toward it. Wow. Mm. Well, um, I, I can kind of see, well, obviously I'm, I'm no addict myself, <laughs> well, I don't think I am. Um, all that tasty booze, though. Um, <laughs> and that tasty heroin. <laughs> games are just a wonderful thing to sink yourself into. Example, as I said on Sunday, too hungover to play World of Warcraft, so I just, I just let myself go in a game of Medieval 2 for a few hours, and I, I didn't think about how much uh, my head hurt or how sick I felt, because it's a great escape. I mean, gaming is the great escape, isn't it? So I can, I can understand how, how perhaps these kids found it um, sort of very easy to slip into... It's, it's interesting how, idea. I don't want to spoil too much of the excitement of reading the feature itself, but uh, day, but <laughs> it's, it's uh, one of the interesting things that um, some of the researchers have recognised when trying to investigate this subject, is that you've got to take that into account. You've got to, it was something like gambling, when you get addicted to gambling, it's a very, very bad thing that you lose track of time. Mm. When you get addicted to, get, when you're playing games... It's actually a really good thing that you lose track of time. That's their purpose. They're meant to do that. And so it's really important to, uh, to treat gaming as a really special and unique uh, factor toward addiction. Mm. A lot of the feature, and, it's, and it's, it's definitely well worth reading, folks, if you haven't read it yet. It's very interesting. But we obviously, you know, we had a lot of trouble deciding about what is or does, uh, does it even exist, you know, a, game, a game's addiction. Does it even exist? How, how can you define it? Um, did we actually come to any conclusion on that, John? What do you think? Oh, blimey. Yeah. Um, well, it was really, it was really important to, to think this way, to say we're not going to make our minds up before we start writing this, because I think that's something that the gaming press has been constantly guilty of, of is launching off on an agenda on this subject. So we wanted to approach this mm. with an open mind and an inquisitive mind. Um, I think... It, it, we, to, to, I think the biggest problem we found wasn't it was avoiding semantics, avoiding getting into a, a tedious semantic debate over what addiction actually means. Yes. Um, and the the simplest approach is to say is to look at this term problematic use. Yeah. Um, and that's actually a far more helpful phrase than addiction, which comes loaded with um, people's misunderstandings. Is there problematic use related to games? 
Yes. Yes. Well, the evidence the evidence is is uh, unarguable, and there's there's lots of examples within the feature, which uh, which is in our issue. Which one is that? That's the one out uh, May the tenth, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. I don't know when you're listening to this, folks, but it's uh, it's either out uh, next week, uh, this week, last week, or last month. Or if you're listening to this in the future, it's having right. found it buried in some sort of time capsule, an example of the the peak of humanity. Sleep it was ages ago. Ages <laughs> We should carve it onto a stone, just in yeah. case. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm really proud of the feature, and I think you've done a brilliant job. Yes, well done. Thank you very much. Well, hey. Might even pay him for it. I'm yeah. proud to know you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud to be me. Uh, so, we can also talk about... Uh, I've given up on talking about trying to do a nice segue. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to come up with a segue no for whatever link. this is. Come on. Okay, okay. Go on then. Our travels. Our Sometimes travels. you can be really addicted to travelling. <laughs> Okay. Wow. See, now John used to work in radio. That's yeah, true. John was a radio professional. Isn't That's it? right. Yeah, yeah. I'm professional. Tell he, us, let's what well, uh, travels then. So, so John is going away. John's oh. about, no, well. John's going on a holiday to America. I'm going okay, on my well, holiday. Yeah, you're going to bring us back some interesting jerky. We need a new animal. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Actually, PC because versus the, the other day um, we did come up with the list of Peace Gamer versus the animals. <laughs> what everyone has eaten. Interesting animals that everyone's eaten. We've got a list on the whiteboard in the office. We've got all your obvious ones. Um, some interesting ones up there. Um, well, my, my, I'm going to stay with my friend Kim, who lives in Chicago. Yeah. And they had coyote in their back garden recently. Wow. So I, I could try and catch and eat one of those, yeah. if you like. Which, they they ate like? coyote in their back garden. They just had a coyote. They, they had them howling in their back garden. Oh, okay. Didn't like barbecue. This is in, in the city of Chicago. In, in, in right in the city. Uh, so in they the have city feral, city. feral coyotes. Yes. <laughs> uh, like we have feral foxes. It was amazing. They've never seen them before. Terrifying. Crikey. So, so um, actually, guys, do you have anything... Uh, you weren't there when we did this PC Game of the Animals. Have you eaten any interesting meat? <laughs> I, can hear, I can actually hear the jokes inside Kieran's head. It's extraordinary. Yeah, if you, if, if you rewind this tape and turn the volume up really loud, <laughs> you'll actually hear Kieran saying something about... Uh, Penises. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's funny because this actually, you've been asking me about I'm going on travelling soon, aren't you, as well? Yes. Yeah. And what, the time I remember eating actually a load of strange meat was when I last met Lord British. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Kieran is off to see Lord British next month. What did you eat last time you met him? Uh, kobold. No, it was. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> tasty was, kobold. At uh, Lord British's house, and we he basically got a load of really weird food. And I can't remember half of it because uh, they went for a. Can you remember the other half? Bless you! Oh, big sneeze. He's <laughs> <laughs> allergic to whatever he ate. It, it, was, it was a load of stuff. Like, there, um, there was definitely kangaroo there, which I'd, I've had a kangaroo, kangaroo. as well. Though. There's a new one. Um, we've got we've got got kangaroo. There's definitely kangaroo. Yeah, okay. and there was obviously stuff like boar, and there was rattlesnake, and there was something squiddy, but I can't remember what it's squid. But it was a kind of a, a really random potpourri. Oh, <laughs> there he goes. Of again. animals, it's, it's, it's the memory incidents. of strange animals is making him sneeze. John, anything to add to the list? See, I want to say I rebel against your evil notion. I rescued an animal today. You <laughs> did. I read about this on your blog. I rescued a baby. Is it alive? It's alive. It's been. Uh, uh, my cat brought in a baby finch yesterday. Oh, this is your cat now. My well, the cat that what I share with uh, Craig and Graham and Mister Play Faster himself, John T. All four of them live together. It's a frightening situation. It's, the house it's a nice house. It's and they've got a beautiful little cat. A little cat called Dexter. And he brought in a, a finch in his mouth and batting it around in the kitchen. 
and it looked like it was dead. And you was joined in, batted it around the kitchen. I, yeah, we were thinking of batting Dexter around the kitchen, so it tasted his own medicine. <laughs> Turns out he's too cute. So, anyway, and I, sort of, I phoned a number saying, I just wanted permission just to drop a rock on its head, because obviously it wasn't going to survive. You don't need permission for that. <laughs> and they said, oh, well, you can feed it mushed up Weetabix. So I've spent the last 24 hours feeding a finch by syringe every three hours, and it's now been taken away by a nice lady to live. Did it shit? And you say you don't want to do crafting. <laughs> Did it shit on your carpet? It shat on my bed. Oh my god! But not That's on my gratitude carpet. for it's you. Not the only one. <laughs> so you've eaten finch. Yeah. And, that, mm, uh, mm. I had a wild boar sausage sandwich for breakfast this morning. That's pretty good. Tim has been to see Codemasters. Yes. Why don't you tell us about your Codemasters visit? Tim? Well, before that, I should point out as well that I chicken out of eating a scorpion uh, last night. Last night? Yeah. You were in bloody Hertfordshire. Yeah. <laughs> There's some vodka with scorpions in it. Oh, I've had that. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, it's really nasty. The vodka tasted <laughs> awful, and I, I just chickened out the scorpion because it tasted mm. bad. Couldn't taste any better, <laughs> surely. <laughs> yeah, so Codemasters um, went to see yesterday, and um, they How just, did you get there, Tim? By helicopter. By helicopter. From Heathrow Airport? No, from a small private air, airport airfield next to Heathrow. Oh, I see. They picked you up yeah. at Heathrow Airport to take you to a small private airfield next to Heathrow Airport. Yes. Makes perfect sense when you put it like that. Uh, when we got there, we drove very fast Vauxhalls at 160 miles an hour around a test track. How exciting. It was quite exciting, especially when the driver took his hands off the, off the um, wheel and scratched the back of his head and said, you know, you can do this no hands. And like, ah! That's quite scary. Because you're on a banked course. Yes. And, and it went straight. Yes. How terrifying. This, this, of course, is all leading up to the announcement that um, Operation Flashpoint 2... Codemasters are Which making. Has it's going to be a racing game. Oh, it has, <laughs> it has everything to do with Vauxhalls, scorpions, and wild boar sausages. Yes. Um, uh, Operation Flashpoint 2, which should be about men and guns in big fields. Yes. So they'll probably do a men and women with guns in big fields eventually. I expect they will. It's, it's, that's the kind of crazy guys they are. Um, but this is an interesting case because we've already had Armed Assault, which um, has been released by the original developers of Operation Flashpoint as the unofficial sequel, um, and has been, it's all right, quite buggy, um, quite hard and a little unfair, but as most Flashpoint games are, but kind of Armed Assault really caters to the hardest of hardcore Operation Flashpoint players. Yeah. Operation Flashpoint 2, Codemasters, they want massive, big numbers to sell in the US. Yeah. I think, Mass appeal. Yeah. It's going to be pretty console isn't it? It's coming out on the consoles, yep. so... They're going to have to make a game that you can play with an Xbox 360 joypad. Who's actually developing it? Codemasters. As in internal? Internal, yeah. not Illusion Softworks or anyone like that. Right. This, it reminds me a bit of EA saying, oh, quick, we're doing System Shock 3. Is it not <laughs> yeah. a little bit like that? Mm. Yeah. I, I, it's something to, to be worried about. I'm, I reckon that this could be... See, I don't necessarily think that you, you'd have to make a dumb Operation Flashpoint game for the consoles. I think you can make a really good fun, exciting Operation Flashpoint game, but you have to make it easy to get into. You have to kind of excise a lot of the stuff that um, is in the original Operation Flashpoint, like the 15 minutes before the action happens that you just spend kind of strolling through a forest. Um, you're probably going to lose a lot of the community features that are built in. Um, Editing, map making. Yeah. Um, so, well, no, you could probably make missions, but I don't think making modifications to vehicles yeah. is probably going to be... I'll tell you what would be absolutely awesome for Operation Flashpoint 2 is if they can get it onto uh, Live for Windows and have cross-platform play. You could literally have an army of PC gamers against oh. an army of Xbox gamers <laughs> in helicopters and tanks and trucks 
and platoons of soldiers in the forest. That would be awesome. And that the PC gamers would be able to aim properly because they've got a mouse. Yes, yes they would. Exactly. Yes, yeah. they would. We, we still haven't resolved this debate. Although hopefully we're, we're going to be reviewing Shadowrun next issue and we'll actually find out for, for, for good whether it is easier or harder to aim with a joypad or a mouse and keyboard. Didn't the Dreamcast version of Quake 3 allow you to play against PCs, people? Yes. Yes, it did. And we thrashed them. And the, we the, kicked their asses. Yeah, so what's the question? Well, the difference, I mean, the I've... Dreamcast joypad actually was uh, a, an analogue stick and a, a D-pad. So not necessarily a fair comparison with the 360 one, which has that analogue control, okay. more analogue control. Mm. Um, I'm still not convinced, but um, you have actually played a bit of Shadowrun, and they... they they're claiming to have fixed the the, the, the different the difference between them, and I think that they can only have done that by a making the weapons um, less reliant on on accurate aim, and b nerfing the mouse a bit. The thing is, I don't think you can do that with an Operation Flashpoint style game. You've got to have accurate weapons. I mean, if you've ever played Operation Flashpoint or Armed Assault, you'll know that you know pixel perfect, more than pixel perfect shooting, is absolutely required because people are half a mile away. So it's going to be really interesting to see if they can... Yeah. I mean, th I can only imagine they'll have to make a completely different game for, for the consoles. Speaking, sorry. I was going to say, speaking of cross-platform, um, we've just had Tom go out to see Valve in Seattle. Yes, we and have. And he's come back um, talking quite interesting, um, some details about Team Fortress 2. Um, it's been announced that they're going to try and do cross-platform play in that. Mm. Now, we have it from the mouth of Valve... Um, that part of the interesting kind of stuff that's happened as they've developed Team Fortress 2 is that people with joypads are, in the words of Valve, as good as people with mouse and keyboard. Which is... Um, we'll see, yes, I think, we'll see. is the only thing we can say to that. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, it's, it's a slight sag, but you know you did that top 50 game developers on the PC feature. Yeah, What was Valve? Two, three... I think they've probably climbed since then. Yeah. I think they're I think they're actually number one now. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, a bit, I think they're very I think they're in the, what they've done in the last year has has been phenomenally important. So I think history is gonna yeah, pull them in. In, in fact the, the reason Tom isn't here in, uh, recording this podcast with us is that he's too busy writing up his Valve story. Um, and I think I, I don't know if uh, him I think it was him writing, I was looking over his shoulder earlier. He was saying that they're, they're the biggest the biggest games company who are still Independent, mm. and they you know, the industry. And I think that independence is is absolutely key to what they do. And they're acting as a gateway to more independence as well. Absolutely, and Steam yeah. and Steam's yeah. done all those other stuff. Yeah. But specifically, they've also invented, reinvented the idea of the art game. And I mean the art game in a mainstream sense. If you've got, um, you've got, they've got the zombie game. They've got a portal and stuff like this. These are quite small, really weird projects, and they, they're kind of leveraging their bigger name to actually get mm. coverage for it. And you know, what if, a, what if a developer would actually do something like Portal just to kind of let's, let's do Portal? They, I, they, exactly, they I agree. Time. They, they come up with an idea and they don't say, well, that's not AAA, so we can't publish yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. They say, well, in that case, we'll ship that along with episode two, uh, or we'll just sell that for, for $20 instead of, instead of 40 or 50 B sides, essentially. B sides, yeah. right. Um, and they, 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 with Steam, that they, they can actually put things out there at the price point when they like. Um, I mean, if, if every developer in the world is insanely jealous of them, um, yeah. Well, it's, I think, be. again, and it's one of those things that's earned, because, again, Portal's a great example where of a game which doesn't exist because of Valve. It exists because of a group of students who had an excellent idea. And Valve are still 
they've still got their um, their feet on the ground, and they see this project, and they go, that's a really damn good idea for a game. And so they, they go, we're giving you all jobs, come make your game for us. And that, that's, a, that's a really earthed way of making games, rather than, I think, there are probably developers out there who would see this and go, oh, that's a good idea, we can make that, mm. and try and have a go for themselves. I'm going to do a little plug for the mag now. If you like all this Valve chat, why not pick up the latest issue of PC Game? It's like my, uh, like my little plug voice. <laughs> have you ever thought about doing voiceover work, Ross? Um, I've, I've kind of got a face for TV rather than radio, I think. You're right, actually. Um, I'm You're quite, wasted. quite gorgeous. You could be the DFS man. I could be the DFS man? Really? Yeah. Get down to DFS now. We, we are sitting on some lovely sofas, actually. Really I feel sofas. like the DFS man. Um, no, the new issue of PC Gamer, or it may be the last one, I don't know, because I don't know when you're listening to this. Anyway, the one that's out during May is uh, has got loads of Valve stuff in it, loads of good chat about their new games and um, little interviews and so on. So, uh, so go and have a look. What's on the cover? We don't know yet because we're still doing it. Uh, I'll right. be going back after this, and we'll be we'll be tinkering with it. You can come if you like. Okay, good. Yeah. I'd like to help. Yeah, thanks, mate. So, final story that's quite interesting, um, and then we can put a spike in this charade of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Is uh, EA and developers of such great games as FIFA, FIFA two thousand two, FIFA two thousand three. And I heard they did FIFA 2004. And cricket. That was a good one. Always. Yeah. yeah. And Endemol, creators of such quality television as Big Brother and that programme where they made people stay awake for 64 hours on the trot. What's that? What's that? Iraqi hostage um, simulator? Yes. No, oh. they put some people in a glass house in the middle of London and kept them awake for a week and filmed it. And that was reality TV. Well, let's, let's, not even, let's not even get started on, on reality TV. Anyway, they call it in America yeah, they call yeah, it no. unscripted TV. I think that's oh, a great dear. phrase. Unscripted TV. Because everything else is scripted. Yeah. Um, anyway, EA and Endemol are making a game together or a web game together, which is like a online virtual game show. And it's called Virtual Me. Virtual Me. Is this just ripping off the way stuff, isn't it, though? Well, you know? it's, it kind of is, actually, yeah. It, 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 I think it's going to look a bit like it. Yeah, and it's going to have that kind of very very easy, very trendy functionality. I wouldn't say it's ripping off the Nintendo Wii stuff. I'd say it's ripping off games like, or projects like Habbo Hotel, mm. like Second Life, and trying to commercialise them in a way that... So Habbo Hotel is really popular with you know, teenagers. Second Life is probably quite popular with kind of quite arty crowds. But you, there's no really kind of mainstream, <laughs> uh, mainstream game that kind of can appeal to my mob or Ross's mob. Why do you always say mom? I don't know. You're English. Oh, that's why it's weird. I thought you said mob, and I was much happier with that. <laughs> you call my mom a mob. No, we've got a crew. <laughs> is your, is your mother American? No. And why do you call her mom? Because I love her. Oh, jeez. Okay, so, <laughs> so anyway, let's go back to virtual me. You're absolutely right. It's like, uh, you know, I was saying earlier about this Football Manager Live appealing to audiences outside traditional gaming um, demographic, you know, people who, who just go, games, they're not for me, but, oh, you're making something about Big Brother that I can play on the web on my computer at home or at work um, without, I don't know if there'll be some kind of subscription or something, there may not even be any charge at all, because um, they haven't released any details yet, but... Um, I mean, it's genius. It's evil genius, but it's it's yeah. absolutely doing what these businesses should be doing. They're maximising their audience potential or something. I don't know. Revenue streams. Revenue streams. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Don't cross the revenue streams. Don't cross. 
They're totally crossing the revenue streams, aren't they? Yeah. Synergy. There's yeah, a it's just brand synergy. Brand synergy, that's what it is. Um, there's a great quote from the Reuters story about it. Uh, virtual life is becoming increasingly popular. <laughs> yes, I, I find that. Yeah, it's, it helps us avoid Big Brother. Yeah. Uh, except not anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. But didn't Endemol already do Big Brother in Second Life? They did, yeah. but there are lots of things happen in Second Life, and they probably never really yeah, do happen in Second a bit Life. Rubbish. Mm. So that might be the end of the PC Gamer podcast. I, I think guess. that's the end of the first official proper PC Gamer podcast. Um, I'd like to thank our guest today, Kieran Gellin. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, thank you, John Walker. <laughs> I'd like to reference the story about my cat and the finch. So they can't edit it out. Thank you very much. But, uh... <laughs> Oh, he's good. Don't we weren't going to edit that. I'll reference the. I was. I was. I was going to edit that. But I was definitely going to edit that. And thank you to Tim Edwards. Thank you, Tim. Hello. Thank you. Goodbye. And uh, it's goodbye from me, Ross Atherton. And I hope you'll join us next time. We should thank Ross as well. Hey, thanks, Ross. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Ross, Ross, I love you. Thanks. We're totally editing that bit out. <laughs>